I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, one two. two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And we're so lucky and fortunate to have a partner with us from Montecito Bank and Trust today. Vicki, as usual, I'll let you make the introductions. We're happy to have with us today Doris Roof, Senior Fraud Specialist from Montecito Bank and Trust. Welcome, Doris. You always have such valuable information to share with us. So what have you got for us today? I have something that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about at this time of the year. We're going to talk about tax refund scams. We haven't had any reported really at Montecito Bank and Trust here, but we did get a an alert or a message from one of our vendors that we work with, and they just stated that the tax refund scams are going on, especially in California, because we have an extension on our tax return filing sometime in October. So I believe it was like October 6th or something like that. But basically what they're saying, tax refund scams have become one of the most popular types of fraud in the U.S. with over $5.7 billion in reported fraud to the IRS on 2022. Wow. That was last year. That was very recent. The scams occur throughout the year, not just during the tax season, and involve fraudsters stealing personal information and filing fraudulent tax returns and then stealing the money from their victims, moving the money. So if you've been compromised in some way with your social security number or something like that, it's going to be real easy for them to go ahead and start filing fraudulent tax returns. So one of the suggestions we always have here at the bank, file early. Even though you've got that opportunity to wait until October, you file early because if you don't file, someone else may file for you and they're going to get that refund. I don't want to say it's not easy not to work with the IRS. It just takes longer. So if you're expecting money and you've been compromised, then it just takes a while. They're pretending to be the IRS, and they're either going to do the phone call or they're going to send you a letter. And the phone call, they're usually very threatening, like, oh, my goodness, you did you know you filed your taxes wrong? Or did you know you owe us $15,000 and if you don't pay, the amount is going to be double, whatever. However, they threaten you, but it's a very urgency trying to make you feel like you have to do something right then and there for them. And what they want is for you to go ahead and disclose your information so that they can then go ahead and take that information and start filing. So it's that sense of urgency that you owe taxes to them, and they will demand that the victim pay immediately. And then, of course, the letters, they want you to go ahead and call a number that is fictitious. It is not the IRS. So you always want to go out online, look for that number yourself, or call your accountant. They're the ones doing your taxes in the past or something. Call them first, too, or make sure you're not calling the number from the letter. 
And especially with AI right now, I mentioned this in my seminar the other day. One of the things we've always looked for were grammar errors in the letters because you'd find like one or two usually. And now with AI, AI is going to make those letters perfect and beautiful. So they'll be able to develop these letters that we won't be able to catch some of those little telltale signs that we used to be able to in the past. And one of the things they mention here is the IRS will never threaten consumers to make payments. And from what I understand, they just came out. They're not going to go knocking on doors either anymore. So it's just kind of out there. But if a consumer notices a tax return was filed in their name or receives notification that someone owes them taxes, the victim should contact the IRS immediately. And once again, contact them from you looking up that information, that phone number, that website. And the IRS has published instructions for taxpayers to forward potential phishing emails or text messages on their website. So they do want that information. That's good to know. You know, it sounds like the scam that you mentioned where they call you up and threaten you. It sounds like you can get scammed in two different ways. One, if you're frightened enough and you believe it really is them, you send the IRS, you send them a check. But in the meanwhile, you've also given them all your personal information, I'm sure, under the pretense that, well, we have to make sure this is really you that we're talking to. We have to verify your identity. And so you spill all your personal information. Then they go and file taxes ahead of you. So if you're entitled to a refund, they can take it. I mean, you're doubly scammed. I mean, that just doesn't seem right. This happened to us. Somebody stole our identity somehow and filed taxes in our name. Fortunately, the IRS caught it right away. Also, fortunately, we weren't owed a refund. We owed taxes. So we would have been thrilled if those scammers (laughs) had paid our taxes. I think they lost interest after they realized, "Uh uh-oh, these are the wrong folks. But no, you do have to be very careful. And you're right. With AI, not only do the scammers impersonate the logo, and so the letter looks like it comes from the IRS, now they have the lingo down. So I was going to ask you, Vicki, when the IRS contacted you, was it by a letter in the mail or did they call you? How did they get in touch with you? You know, I can't remember. This was several years ago. I think they sent a letter. I don't remember getting a phone call, but they basically said no harm, no foul. We caught this early. So we disregarded the filing. You don't have to do anything. Music to my ears, let me tell you. My stepdad, he had received a call saying, oh, you did your taxes incorrectly. They're completely wrong. You better pay up because otherwise you're going to get fined. And he called me up and said, I can't believe we did these taxes because we had helped him with the taxes. What did we do wrong? And I said, first of all, I hope you hung up and didn't give them any of your information because that was a scam. And it was. The IRS taxes were fine and everything, so it was not. But he received a phone call, and very threatening one. And I'm glad you brought up, Vicki, about how they want your personal information and how to pay. They will ask you to pay by gift card, by sending cash, or go ahead and now with peer-to-peer transactions, they'll ask, send it to Jane Doe, you know, or Sam Smith, you know, an individual name which when you think about it, 
it would never, ever be payable to an individual name and never, ever a gift card to the IRS. And now it's go to a Bitcoin machine, put in a thousand in cash and have it put in their Bitcoin wallet. They're asking lots of different ways of payment. Amen. You know, what I'm hearing and what I'm reading from the various federal agencies that deal with these kinds of scams is that the scammers are kind of reverting back to the old fashioned way, which is cash. Take out cash, wrap it up, package it a certain way so it can't be detected as cash, and mail it FedEx. I mean, they're going back to the old FedEx mailing cash. That seems to be a popular way now of getting the money. And I'm just wondering, maybe people are savvy now about gift cards. Maybe they're a little more suspicious. Maybe they're having trouble teaching people how to use Bitcoin machines. Who knows? Cash is popular again. To help everyone out, and this is more for online type of activity. When I was online the other day trying to pick up a few pointers or additional pointers for a seminar that I was assisting with, I went out to the FTC and I found a really good portion of their site, which actually is about online activity. There are nine different areas that the FTC addresses. And I would like to go ahead and put this address out to everybody here. So it's onguardonline.gov. So it's onguardonline.gov. And just to give you an example what's on the site, because it's all about online security and how to protect your phone from hackers. A lot of people don't know how to do that, and they'll be able to direct you. And how to remove your personal information before you get rid of your computer. I think I still have an old computer at home and we keep thinking, what are we going to do with this? We know there's information there. So that's something I'm going to go into and look up. So those are just a few examples. And I certainly don't know how to protect my phone from hackers. I would have no clue. I would hope that I would recognize if somebody had hacked into my phone, but I don't know that I would. Good site to know, FTC On Guard Online. I know that the FTC does put out all kinds of really valuable information. They talk about the kinds of scams that are happening right now, how to protect yourself. A lot of the information that I share on Scam Squad comes from bulletins that I get from Federal Trade Commission. So it's a good organization and they do a lot of public outreach and education. It's worth checking out their sites. So Vicki, do you have any good news for us today? I do have some good news, Patty, but before we talk about the good news, I'd like to share a bulletin that I did get from the Federal Trade Commission, since we were just talking about the kind of valuable information that they put out. And this is just a reminder, Patty, this is something that we have talked about before. And this is just a warning. The caption is scammers and customer service, another imposter scam. And as I said, we've talked about it before, but good to talk about it again. So if you want to contact a company's customer service department, 
obviously you can do a quick search online and find what looks like the phone number. So for example, for me, it seems like I'm always calling Cox because there's something wrong with my TV. And so if I do a Google search, I will come up with a number for Cox customer service. But unfortunately, it may not be the right number because some scammers are creating fake customer service information for popular companies and they're paying for it to show up in your search results in the top results. And of course, if you contact that number, whoever answers the phone will offer to resolve your problem, but you have to wire money or send them gift cards. So right there, you know you're dealing with a scammer. So here's the suggestions from Federal Trade Commission. Check the product packaging. Let's say you're trying to return a product. The packaging, the manual, or other print material for the product is a good source of real customer service information. And the other suggestion is visit the company's official website for contact information. Now, I wouldn't have known how to find the official website, but it says type the company's website address directly into your browser. And then when you get their website, you can look for customer service. And it might be a phone number, it might be an email, but you will get the official site and not some scammer. And then, of course, the last thing to know is, which we know, never wire money, send gift cards, or give your account password in exchange for customer service help. And we know that no legitimate company will ever ask you to send gift cards or wire money. So again, just a reminder, there are certain organizations where you're constantly calling customer service and trying to get help. And you know where it's been happening a lot too is when flights have been uh, canceled. And so people are in a hurry. They don't want to wait in the long line that forms almost immediately. So they go to their phone and they get a phony American Airlines customer service or whichever airline it is. And of course, they want a fee to change your flight and it just all becomes a big fiasco. Yep. You have to be careful out there (laughs) as always. (laughs) Right. So here's some good news. And Doris, this involves a bank. This was a woman who was sentenced to 30 months in prison. This happened in Washington state. This was a woman who was sentenced to 30 months in prison for bank fraud and identity theft. Apparently what she did was purchase victims identifying information, just what we've been talking about. Only she used the dark web and other sources to get the information. And then she used their information to open bank accounts in their name and also to take over their existing accounts. So she did this by creating identifying documents like a driver's license in the victim's name, but with her photograph on the ID. She would then change the mailing addresses for the accounts that she created or took over so that all the mail went to her. And of course, this was to hide the fraud from the victims for a while. And she would deposit the victim's checks into her personal account. She defrauded victims of at least $472,000. And when law enforcement executed a search warrant on her home, They discovered a little notebook that she had with personal information on 316 victims. Oh my goodness. So she was a busy, busy person. This sounded like a full-time job for her. And the point that was made in this article from the Federal Trade Commission is that the victims not only lose money, but they lose their faith in the security of the system. They lose their faith in whether the banks are going to protect their identity or protect them. And so these crimes have emotional consequences as well as financial consequences. So that was my good news for today. 
Very good news. And Vicki, would you share the fraud hotline number? And if anyone would like to tell their story on Scam Squad or just talk to Vicki for some advice, I know she's always willing to do that. Absolutely. Area code 805-568-2442. And again, 805-568-2442. And I just want to remind people that if they're watching on YouTube to subscribe so they don't miss any of these important warnings or the same thing if you're listening on a podcast, please subscribe. And thank you so much, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Doris. Bye-bye.